0: Hey there, if you're listening to this and you support us on Patreon, you can hear it via the Patreon page ad-free.
1: So now, listen, and gentlemen, it is start time. Are you ready for start time?
0: You're listening to Sound Opinions, and this week we're celebrating Halloween with our favorite songs about monsters. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott.
2: We'll share our favorites and hear from our staff and listeners with picks.
5: My eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the, he did the monster mash
0: the monster
5: It was a graveyard smash he did the It got on in a flash He did
0: the mash
5: He did the monster mash
0: Greg, that classic is, of course, the monster mash And we are doing... The best rock songs ever about monsters for this year's Halloween special. That is too obvious a choice. We had to dig deeper. Monsters is our focus. We have a coin here with my favorite monster, a zombie, any zombie. I love zombies. (laughs) I worship at the altar of Romero. Who you got on your coin? Jim, one of the most underrated monsters of all time, I believe. Mothra. Ah, okay. Coin is in the air. And the zombie wins. How could the zombie not win? Greg, I'm going to go, though, to another monster first off the bat, perhaps the most famous movie monster of all time, Frankenstein. The New York Dolls had a fantastic song on their debut album, The Godfathers of Punk, this tune, Frankenstein. It helped, I think that Arthur Killer Kane, the late bassist of the New York Dolls, looked like Frankenstein. (laughs) Many people often compared him to Frankenstein. He was stiff, he was tall, he was awkward. But, you know, David Johansson is kind of expanding Frankenstein into, you know, something must have happened over Manhattan. What have they done this time? What what has spawned such a Frankenstein? The New York Dolls, of course, were a Frankensteinian band. A little bit of glam, a little bit of what would become punk rock, a little bit of classic Rolling Stones, Swagger. Here they are on Sound Opinions, our first monster song, Frankenstein by the New York Dolls. Frankenstein by the New York Dolls. Now, Greg, we've done this Halloween show several times. We always love it. We generally do scary songs in general. We thought it was time to focus a little more this year. Monster songs, specifically, who is your first monster?
2: Well, Jim, monsters come in all different sizes. And the one that I got to say that terrified me the most when I was a little kid was one of the smallest. Everybody knows that movie, The Fly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the David Cronenberg remake in no. 1986. I am talking about the B movie black and white original from Vincent 1958. Price. Yes, and absolutely. a little fly at the
0: end in the Spider-Up. Help me, help me.
2: Yes, that image of the little human fly at the end, (laughs) trapped in the spider's web, about to be consumed by the giant spider, just terrified me. I had that image and that little voice, that little pipsqueak voice, screaming for help in my mind for years. I'm still thinking about it now. It creeps me out. So Lux Interior of the Cramps, he is a connoisseur of trash culture. B-movies, B-sides, early rock and roll. And the Cramps in the late 70s paid homage to them in numerous songs. The song The Human Fly is all about the experience, I think, of seeing this movie and sort of transporting it into the future. Here is The Cramps' Human Fly on Sound Opinions. ¶¶
0: That was The Human Fly by The Cramps, Greg Cott's first monster pick this Halloween. Okay, Greg, I know it's a good day when you come in and you see what... I have in front of me in terms of CDs and you say what the heck is that I've never heard about that (laughs) a movie I loved also used to catch on the afternoon movie back in the days when there were only five TV channels was The Blob Steve McQueen's first movie 1958 of course the threat comes from outer space as all threats do meteor lands somebody cracks it open this little glob of jelly comes out right <laughs> but it grows because it eats everything in its path and in the best scene to eat an entire movie theater this was way ahead of its time a postmodern commentary on horror movie audiences and movie monsters now amazingly almost beyond belief the theme song for this b-grade 1958 horror movie they tapped bert Bacharach who had already had some hits he already was bert baccarat working with hal david it is this bizarre gonzo goofy surf rock kind of cheese anthem beware of the blob is the name of the song now he didn't write it with hal david he wrote it with hal's older brother mac david That's a name you may not know. Mac did some work with Carole King, but not the lyricist Hal David was. And I will read you some of the lyrics and you'll understand why (laughs) Burt Bacharach didn't write many more songs with Mac David. Beware of the blob. It creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor. I think Burt Bacharach has spent the rest of his career disavowing his hand in this tune. It's a classic nonetheless. Beware of the blob on Sound Opinions.
5: Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door, all around the wall, a splotch.
2: right? Oh man, Beware of the Blob by the Five Blobs. So it's a B movie but what is that, about a D song? I mean, it's like, it's hilarious. This
0: was a hit. The Five Blobs were only one man, this guy Bob Knee who overdubbed everything and he had a lot of hits.
2: Shockingly, I'd never heard that until now, so uh, thank you Mr. DeRigatis for enlightening me. I'm
0: here to enrich your life and the life of all of our listeners.
2: Now Jim, as you know, speaking of our listeners, everyone is a critic as far as sound opinions is concerned. So let's turn it over to some of our listeners right now. Now. First up we got Mary Lou from Los Angeles. Mary Lou, welcome to the show.
6: Hey, thanks for having me.
2: So we want to hear about your favorite monster song for Halloween. What is it?
6: Okay, well, for my pick, I chose Zombie by the Fallouts.
2: I have no idea what that is, Mary Lou. Tell us about it.
6: The band itself, they're out of the Pacific Northwest and they were a nineties garage punk pop. Style band and the song is Zombie, and being that zombies are all the rage now, <laughs> and uh, we're burgeoning on the horizon, um, we have the zombie apocalypse coming soon, so I thought it uh, appropriate to pick this song. Tell her no.
1: she can't come in.
0: All right, I'm 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 digging that. That's a little bit like The Liars without the Boston and with a little more surf in it. Yeah, you can dance to that. So, Mary Lou, tell us about your theory about
2: this song. What What is the deeper meaning?
6: Well, I think it can be taken literally as, you know, monster, zombie. But I think deeper than that, he's probably equating uh, some girl he was dating at the time or someone he was seeing as sort of monster-like, sort of on a creepy level. It can go both ways. Monster Uh. or sort of creepy
0: relationship gone awry. Does that latter have personal resonance, Mary Lou?
6: (laughs) Not not for me. (laughs) Good, good, good.
0: good. We're glad. I dated a zombie. There's a song. I mean, there you go. All right, Mary Lou, thank you very much for your choice. We appreciate it.
6: Sure, thank you.
0: Next up, Jason is on the line here in Chicago. Jason, have you got a great monster track?
7: I do have one. Shank Hill Butchers by the Decemberist. The Crane Wife album.
0: As with every December song, not always obvious. Give us your analysis.
7: Sure. So uh, I I feel like the scariest monsters are always the ones that happen in real life. So the Shankill Butcher song is actually based on a uh, a real life story of mass murder in Ireland. Uh, And it turns out that. A group of, I think they were Protestants went around killing um, a bunch of Catholic people in the 1970s. And if there is anything scarier in the world, I'm not sure what it really is.
0: The Shang kill
6: butchers right tonight You better shut your windows tight They're sharpening their cleavers and then I. And taking all their whiskey by the pine Cause everybody knows if you don't mind
5: you my this way
2: Colin Malloy and the Decemberist, um, you know, that guy has a macabre streak, doesn't he?
5: <laughs> <laughs> I
7: say so. And, you know, the delivery of the song as sort of a story that, that moms and dads tell their children to get them to follow rules <laughs> makes it even more terrifying to me. You know, what kind of parents would do that to their children?
2: Right. You, so your parents never never pulled something like that on you is what you're saying? Well,
7: no, they never throaten, threatened me with uh, with murder. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good for them. Good for yeah. them. <laughs> right. Thanks, Jason. We appreciate the choice.
7: Hey, thank you so much. Used to be just like me and you.
0: Some great ghoulish picks from our listeners. We'll continue counting down monster theme tunes after a quick break on Sound Opinions. Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island's been brewing beers in the spirit of Chicago. You can find IPAs, lemonade, shandy, and limited releases in store or at one of Goose's venues in Chicago. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. Sound Opinions is sponsored by Factor. Factor's ready to eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success. Skip the grocery store, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options. Factor now offers
2: additional options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep you going no matter what's on the schedule. When things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change
0: your order up every week or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. So if you want to try Factor and make your life easier, here's what you need to do. Head to factormeals.com soundops50 and use code soundops50 to get 50% off.
2: That's code soundops50 at factormeals.com soundops50 to get 50% off.
0: Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. He's Greg Cott, and that is Rocky Erickson with I Walked With a Zombie. Greg, Rocky has written more songs about monsters than anyone in rock <laughs> history, but we've given Rocky a lot of love here, so we're digging deeper on this Halloween with great songs about monsters. You're up next. What do you got?
2: Thanks, Jim. There's a terrifying aspect to monsters, obviously, but there's also a tongue-in-cheek aspect to some of these songs as well that we're playing today, and the next one is a good example of that. TV on the radio's Wolf Like Me. I'm referring specifically to the video for this song from the 2006 TV on the radio album, Return to Cookie Mountain. They're obviously big fans of those B horror movies that we talked about earlier in the show. They're referring specifically, though, to the 20s silent film era in the video here and combining it with more of a tongue in cheek aspect of, of some of the more contemporary horror films, like Think About American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. where you get the mix of the horror and the humor. And there are some great images in this video as well of the band's guitarist, Kip Malone, who looks a little bit like a werewolf if you're looking from the distance. He's got a lot of hair and amazing hair. And they're blending the images of the band with this footage of these 20s silent movies that really works creepily well. The whole idea in this song is about obsession turning into a curse I cannot lift. But as the singer Tunde Arabimpe says, but God, I like it. So it's not all bad being a monster sometimes. Turning into a werewolf can be pretty cool. TV on the radio with Wolf Like Me on Sound Opinions. like me from TV on the radio on Sound Opinions,
0: one of my picks for a great monster song. Jim, what do you got next? Well, Greg, we're hitting all the universal classic monsters. We've had Frankenstein, we've had the werewolf, time for a vampire. But this is not the universal Dracula, Bella Lugosi vampire. I'm going to go to Concrete Blonde's 1990 breakthrough album, Bloodletting, and the title track, This is where Concrete Blonde shifted from being a fairly conventional proto-alternative hard rock LA glamish band into being a full-on goth band. Bloodletting, parentheses, the vampire song, was inspired by Jeanette Napolitano, the lead singer and songwriter's love of Anne Rice and all of those vampire chronicles. So this is the, the New Orleans weird, sexy vampire, not the Bella Lugosi or Nosferatu vampire. Y- you got to love this. You can hear the sexual allure of the vampire as she's singing about it. There's a crack in the mirror, a bloodstain on the bed. Oh, you were a vampire, and baby, I'm walking dead. Jeanette Napolitano and Concrete Blonde with bloodletting on sound opinions. by Concrete Blonde. I'm not so big on the rice vampires, but I really mm. love true blood. What do you got next, Greg? Vampires are
2: cool. They'll never go out of style. And I'm going to stick with that theme, Jim. Outcast definitely picked that theme up on their 2003 album Speaker Box: The Love Below. Basically two solo records. We had the Big Boy half and then we had the Andre 3000 half. I'm going to go to the Love Below, which was Andre 3000's half of the record. Andre 3000 just went all over the map when he recorded The Love Below. The freaky songs, the introspective acoustic songs, the heavy metal parodies, mm. I mean, he was all over the map. On the song I'm going to play, he pays homage to Dracula, but he also has a lot of fun with it. He brings in the great R&B singer Khalees for a cameo, and I think she she walks away with the song. The funny deadpan lines just flow when she enters the song, she's talking about her ability to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches while she's hanging out from the ceiling. She's saying, There's a lot at yeah. stake here. Oops. That was a bad pun, wasn't it? Her <laughs> finest moment right after Milkshake. I don't know. I'll put this, I don't think this is nearly as good as Milkshake, but in terms of funny horror songs, it ranks way out there. Till death do us part, she says, wait a minute, I think I'm already dead. I can't, I, we, I can't <laughs> say that. No promises. That. No promises at all. This is outcast with Dracula's Wedding on Sound I'm Opinions. I'm of
1: you. I wait my whole life to bite the right one. Then you come along and that freaks me out. So I'm fighting. Ooh, Dracula's one. Well, never ran for no one, but I'm terrified. No one, but I'm terrified of you. I've been around for ages, but I'm terrified of you. Run my bang across the stage, but yet I'm terrified of you. I wait my home to make the right one. Then you come along and that freaks me out.
0: Another great cot monster pick, Dracula's wedding by Outcast from speaker box the Love Below. Nice one, Mr. Cot. Now it's time to get back to the phone for some more listener suggestions. Leah is with us. Leah, welcome to Sound Opinions.
6: Hi, thank you.
0: So you've got a great monster
2: song for us, right?
6: It's um, Teenage Ghouls Out for Blood by American Werewolves.
2: Digging deep. All right, tell us about this song.
6: They're a band out of Cleveland. They kind of have this great following in Cleveland uh, where I'm originally from. So. I sort spent my teen years going to their shows and going to their Halloween shows, so they will forever be Halloween to me. <laughs> and uh, what's cool about this band is all their songs, all their lyrics sort of have this undertone of classic horror movies and monster movies. You know, the lyrics in this song talk about the house on Haunted Hill and going to the graveyard. So it, it, it kind of has this spooky, eerie
3: undertone whenever I hear them.
0: That's Teenage Ghouls, Out for Blood by the American Werewolves. you got to love a title like that. Leah, thanks for sharing it.
6: Hey, thank you.
0: Our final guest critic is Dave in St. Charles, Illinois. Hey, Dave, what's your favorite monster song?
8: Well, uh, my choice was Dead Man's Party by Boingo Boingo, and uh, that song for me has a special place in my heart, but uh, certainly uh, relating to your show, I thought it was the perfect song. It has all the the right Halloween references, you know, all dressed up and nowhere to go, has the costume reference, and Mm -hmm. uh, walking with a dead man over my shoulder, so that's a little spooky and eerie. And, uh, of course, the, the party aspect of uh, Halloween.
0: The, the and, fun time, yeah.
8: Uh, of course.
0: Because and, Oingo Boingo was a party band, and we have to remember Danny Elfman, the band leader, now does a lot of musical work for The uh, Simpsons and does all those Halloween episodes.
8: Absolutely, yeah. And uh, not to mention all the Tim Burton movies. and yeah. uh, So he's got a little bit of a, a dark side as well.
0: Here's a little bit of Dead Man's
2: Party from Oingo Boingo! Mm-hmm.
8: That uh, attracted me to the band itself was uh, they actually performed this song in the movie uh, Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. And (laughs) uh, so,
2: yeah, that was classic. (laughs) One of the great American actors, Rodney Dangerfield. (laughs) Exactly, yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) Dave, I like your choice musically, but I'm wondering about thematically. Now, we've done a bunch of these Halloween shows, and we specified this time Monster.
8: I don't know, a dead man kind of uh, conjures up zombies and, yeah, and that sort of thing. Go. So I, I would say that that falls into the monster category.
2: Thanks so much, Dave. We appreciate it.
8: All right. Thanks, guys.
0: All right, it may be hard to top Oingo Boingo Greg, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to go with the biggest, baddest monster of all, Godzilla. I, of course, am thinking of the Blue Oyster Cult song, paying homage to that Japanese monster. I saw the Black and Blue Tour when I was a kid. Blue Oyster Cult touring with Black Sabbath. Ozzy had left. It was Ronnie James Dio, right? Mm. It was still scary for a kid from New Jersey to cross over, go to Madison Square Garden, see Black Sabbath Live, you know, the band that was hand-in-hand with Satan. But Blue Oyster Cult was almost as frightening. They had a lot of great horror songs as well, if you recall. Don't Fear the Reaper, Mm -hmm. a million others. But Godzilla was my favorite, because it's really goofy, but in the middle of an arena show, they would suddenly turn off every light in the house. And I mean, Madison Square Garden was pitch black. And then the most powerful strobe light you have ever seen in your life would go on. And the song would break down into the drummer's Solo, Because what heavy metal band in those days, you know, 1980, (laughs) did not have a drum solo. And somehow the roadie would sneak up behind the drummer in the midst of this full-on thrashing, bashing solo and put a giant Godzilla head on him. (laughs) You couldn't really see it because of the strobe lights. And then the lights would come on, and suddenly Godzilla is playing the drums. It was the greatest, (laughs) cheesiest, most wonderful thing ever, as is this song. But, you know, these were all really well-educated master degree Doctoral degree in some cases, members Mm -hmm. of this heavy metal band. So their songs, while they were funny and cheesy and self conscious, often had a really serious point. And the point of Godzilla, you know where I'm going. This is one of the greatest lines in rock lyric history. History shows again and again how nature points up the folly of man. (laughs) Blue Oyster Cult with Godzilla on Sound Opinions. Purposeful Grimace, Godzilla from Blue Oyster Cult, my favorite monster song. It's hard to top that one. Oh, no, there goes Tokyo. (laughs) I know. Go, go, Godzilla. How can you
2: top a line like that? It's an awesome song. I'm going to go deep, dark, and introspective. We've been talking about physical monsters for the most part in these songs. But when Donovan wrote Season of the Witch in 1966, he was talking about the monsters inside of his head in a lot of ways and the people around him. Monsters can lurk everywhere. In this case, there was a lot of paranoia in the air. He'd been experimenting with drugs. He was starting to move into electric music. His life was changing. He was being perceived as a pop star, but he was also a target of the royal police who are going after these british pop stars in a big way starting in 1966 in fact donovan was the first big drug bust of all the british pop stars for his dalliances with pot hashish and lsd Mm. but he wrote the song just before that so in a lot of ways he was presaging what was going on so this whole idea of paranoia there's a monster everywhere you look the bad vibes that were in the air at the time the monster might be inside of you too you never know is pervasive in this song and titling it season of the witch really lays that out that there's something strange and paranormal in the air in the uk at the time this is donovan with season of the witch from 1966 on sound opinions
5: so many different people to be that it's
9: strange
2: is season of the witch by donovan and when we get back we'll have one more set of songs about monsters from our production staff and a few more from me and jim that's in a minute on sound opinions
0: sound opinions is supported by goose island Since 1988, Goose Island has been brewing award-winning beers in Chicago that are inspired by this city. Take 312 Lemonade Shandy, Tropical Beer Hug Double IPA, and a rotating series of hazy IPAs only available in Chicago. Uh, you know, every time we go down to the Goose Island, there's another one that they're pushing on us. That's right. You and know, they're all good. Absolutely.
2: And uh, what supporters of, of musical culture, you know, in, in the city of Chicago and elsewhere, uh, if you go to a show in Chicago and you see that Goose Island uh, sign, you know, you know you're in good hands. Uh, They're music fans as well as great uh, beer makers at Goose Island. So we're really proud to be associated with them. The Goose Island Beer
0: Company, Chicago's beer.
4: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
2: by sharing some of our favorite monster songs. Let's go down honor to our resident Gen Z music connoisseur, Sol Delgadillo, for a song pick. What do you got, Sol?
1: So the song I chose was Siren by Shy Girl. And while it's not technically a Halloween song, a siren is still a monster. So I thought it would fit perfectly. And another song that I thought would fit perfectly would be Frankenstein by Rina Sawayama, but I digress. As we all know, sirens would sing and call sailors who had been at sea for a while and they would be so alluring, so pretty that after they had lured them in, that they would kill them. And so Shygirl perfectly captures a song about a modern-day siren who uses people and then essentially just leaves them. Um and it's off the 2020 EP titled Alias and it reminds me of other artists like fk twig sophie arca etc etc um anyway i hope you enjoy it and here is siren by shy girl the only one's that
6: time
0: Soul's pick, Shy Girl with Siren. Let's go now to our Columbia College intern, Max Hatlam. Uh, I like this pick, Max.
9: Cool, yeah. So my song is Creature Lives by Mastodon from 2011's The Hunter. So you guys are familiar with this band, I would assume? Oh, uh, yeah. We've <laughs> more, had them on the show. More
0: than just a <laughs> oh, little wow. bit. Yeah, you yeah. You would. that was before you were with our staff, but... Uh, Man, that was a good day when Mastodon came in. I'll bet. I'm going to have to dig
9: that one up. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I like this song. Well, since you've heard them, you know this song is probably a little different for what they normally do. It's usually very fast, technical, kind of proggy drumming and Mm -hmm. guitars and intricate harmonies and everything. But I like this because it's like a slower, prettier song, you know, um... And it ventures into what I feel like is different territory for them a couple times. You know, it starts out, it's almost like something that Pink Floyd would do with the synthesizers and um, creepy laughing vocal sample. Mm -hmm. And then it drifts into almost like, I don't know, an anthem or a ballad or something. As far as as metal goes, I feel like it's kind of like a rock ballad or something got more like simple melodies even the guitar solo at the end is just kind of playing something you could sing along to as opposed to just like the all-out shredding that you usually get from mastodon yeah it is an outlier Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. but a great great song you're absolutely right this song is like championing the monster i think um uh, you know as many of them that we're hearing
0: are yeah (laughs) (laughs) artists love monsters right let's hear mastodon creature lives
9: Fall into the swamp From which he spawned I
8: heard them laugh and say
2: That is Creature Lives from Mastodon. Great choice by Max. I'm up next, and uh, I'm going to go to Florence Welch. Florence and the Machine, with a song from her first album, Lungs, in 2009. You know, Florence has always had, like, a goth streak in in a lot of her music. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is no exception. Uh, There's a song called Howl, in which she basically imagines herself as a werewolf. I was thinking about the extremes you go to when you're in love, she says. The way it takes over and how that... How that then turns into wanting to rip and tear okay uh you know some of the lyrics the saints can't help me now the ropes have been unbound i hunt for you with bloodied feet across the hollowed ground okay i think that qualifies as a monster song to me uh florence is uh nailing it uh, in werewolf mode on how <laughs> on sound opinion <laughs>
0: Florence of Florence and the Machine in werewolf mold, uh, <laughs> mold as Greg said. Uh, good choice there, Howl, Greg. Uh, I'm going to go to Kanye West. And I think the last time I played a Kanye track, I prefaced by saying... Boy, has he lost the plot. Boy, is he a mess. Uh, And I think this track, uh, we could argue, it's him realizing what he's becoming. Mm. He's been bit by the werewolf or the zombie or the vampire, and he is turning into a monster. By the time he gets to album number five, 2010's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, I will maintain those first five albums, are masterpieces, every one of them, and rewrote the book on hip-hop, what could be done, Mm -hmm boundaries. Yeah. I know you share that thought, Greg. Um, but, you know, it's been said that West, uh, with this track, wanted to uh, do his version of Michael Jackson's Thriller, mm. right? Epic, uh, almost a movie in the form of a song. Uh, the music is, wow, this is hip-hop? I mean, we've got these tribal drums, mm. we've got this classic kind of alfred hitchcock soundtrack string section that yeah. that's just you feel your blood pressure rising <laughs> as you hear those strings sawing away uh i'd seen one description of it as a, as a hyperventilating death rattle i can't disagree with that but uh west is also talking about gossip and celebrity and social media Uh, before he kind of uh, self-immolated in those fields, um, and about becoming a monster and admitting that he is a monster who has done some monstrous things. And, uh, you know, I, I think if there's a cautionary tale to be found in Kanye's career, it's that everybody now would rather talk about him and the things he does, uh, whether for effect or whether out of uh, suffering from mental illness, he has not been shy about admitting that. Um, you know, it's, it's overshadowed the music. And I, and man, to, to think of the genius of those first five albums being forgotten because of the other stuff. You know, talk about celebrity cameos, right? Kanye's had a lot of them. Everybody wanted to get in the studio with him. But on this track, we got Rick Ross, we got Jay-Z, we got Nicki Minaj, Mm -hmm. who almost steals the show from Ye. And we got Boney Vare opening the whole thing with this really weird, uh, you know, falsetto kind of, man, it, it starts the creep out right up top. And then we have Kanye's Confessions. I'm a monster a no-good bloodsucker. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yay. And, and we still hope that someday, I don't want to see someone drive the stake through your heart, but I would hope for redemption for uh, our fellow Chicagoan. Kanye West uh, with Monster and a whole bunch of guest stars.
1: Everybody knows. I'ma need to see your see of hands at the concert Profit, profit, I get it Everybody
3: know I'm a monster I'ma need to see your see of hands at the concert I'ma need to see your see of
1: hands
6: Pull up in a monster automobile gangster With a bad bad that came from Sri Lanka Yeah, I'm in a tanka color of Willy Wonka You could be the king but watch the queen come Okay, first things first, I'll eat your brain. Then i am a to start
0: Monster by Kanye Man, the ambition of that song. I'm telling you, those first few albums,
2: people, you know, they've been so lost in the the controversy. But you go back to them musically, just really amazing work. Incredible. Next up, we have got a contribution from Alex Claiborne. Alex, I kind of, I have a hint of what you're going to play here and I'm blown away about this choice, but uh, (laughs) an unusual Alex, let us know, Alex, uh, what what do you got for us for a monster song?
3: Yeah. So my choice is a little outside what most people think of as the Alex purview, but I'm a big fan of the genre. So I am choosing the song Man in the Box by Allison Chains. So this song uh, is has been stated is about censorship, right? That They've kind of said it's about how the music industry, society can, you know, shape people's opinions and perceptions. Lane Staley also, the lead singer, has said that it was inspired by a dinner he had with Columbia record executives who were vegetarian and were telling him <laughs> about calves being raised in small boxes to make veal. And if you know the music video, you know that there's cows, there's, it's you know, man in the box. (laughs) He's kind of like in his... And the music video, I think, informs a large part of why I view this as a monster song. This song automatically, sonically, is very jarring. Um, It's very dark, and some of the lyrics... I'm the man in the box. Won't you come and save me? Oh, feed my eyes. Now you've sewn them shut, which is just disturbing. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it upsetting. is. It's, yeah. It's, it's a very unsettling song. And I think that's why it, it lends itself to this theme. And at the end of the music video, there's a guy who has his eyes sewn shut almost like a scarecrow mask. And I remember seeing that on VH1 and going, oh no, this is very... <laughs> This is very creepy Mm. and scary, and I also think of it in relations to Lane Staley, who obviously, you know, tragically passed. He was sort of a prisoner to the monster of, you know, drug abuse and and mental health and, like, not being able to overcome that. And so when I think of sort of the monster in the song, it's not necessarily, like— The subject, but sort of the over, you know, looking looking back on Allison Chains and and you know poor Lane Staley. Um, So this is the song "Man in the Box" by Allison Chains on Sound Opinions.
0: Man in the Box, Alex, with a little bit of Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, it. Andrew, you got one for us too, our, the last of our producers
5: to try Yeah, what's up, guys? Um, today, I I just had to choose a track from Dr. Octagon, Half Shark, Alligator, Half Man. Uh, a classic of my college years. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys are mm-hmm. big fans of that album, the Doctor Octagon record. Oh I, we, you know. we have um,
0: referenced it many times. Yeah, yes.
5: yeah. So Cool Keith, uh, Dan the Automator, DJ Qbert, um, they released this record in 1996, and this track was a hidden track at the end of it. You know, mm. um, you know, they re-released it the next year, and it was an official track. But I didn't hear it in 1996. It was I went to college in 1998, right, and so everybody shows up with their new Gateway 2000 computers and you get a broad, <laughs> broadband internet access for the first time. Wow. You got a local area network and Napster was like oh, going yeah. nuts at that point, right? So everybody starts running Napster and this track started to get passed around like crazy because it's mm. just hilarious. It's such a fantastical image of... <laughs> Half Half shark, 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 half alligator, half man. man, Yeah. It it sounds like three halves, you know, which is. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's actually, it's the shark is a shark alligator, and then Mm. there's half man. So it's like a shark with alligator skin, I think, um, Mm. that walks around like a man and has arms, maybe. But, um, anyways, it's it's just great. And it just takes me right back to 1998 when I was like sitting in my freshman dorm room uh, (laughs) illegally downloading hidden tracks you know on napster so <laughs> well is... you know
0: of this uh, of this crew on sound opinions no one is ever going to be better at dating ourselves than me and greg but i always thought when i heard this track of uh, remember the saturday night live skit greg mm-hmm. land shark, <laughs> land shark. <laughs> yeah, that's right, what right, i always right, thought right. of yes yeah. i'm still older than you andrew all right well it's a good pick Holding back wooden rats, all my power packs, baboons clapping, girl
3: horses, when they hit the sack with two bowls of ocean water, monkey sniffing ice. Contact you with fools, Martians bring my rice. I'm on flying with purple.
0: Cases. Half shark, alligator, half man, Dr. Octagon Ooh-wee. from Andrew. Yes, going good, deep there. love pick. it.
2: Love it, love it, love it. Uh, I am going to go to the Lagoon, Jim, for my uh, final mm. pick. Uh, Dave Edmonds, "The Creature from the Black Lagoon," nineteen seventy nine album, full of uh, chock full of would be hits. Uh, named after the, you know, most people know "Creature from the Black Lagoon." It was a nineteen fifty four black and white uh, horror film, obviously. Yeah, one of those perennials in those late night horror film festival type things, that, especially in theaters, because they would give you the 3D glasses. When you got <laughs> the creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D, you were getting the full-on yeah. 1954 sci-fi treatment. It's actually not a bad movie. I mean, as horror films go, cheaply made horror films, it's pretty, pretty freaking scary, I got to say. Really, the, the song is sort of talking about the extremes. You know, Once again, it's kind of about extreme love. Being expressed in very extreme ways by this monster who happens to live in a lagoon. Mm. Um, Billy Bremner wrote the song for for Edmonds. Uh, Bremner was a you know member of Rockpile, the guitarist, a great songwriter. Tongue in cheek horror, you know. And as with many Edmonds songs, you can dance to it. Horror songs, monster songs that you can dance to. What can be better than that? (laughs) Dave Edmonds, the creature from the Black Lagoon, on Sound Opinions. That is Dave Edmonds, The Creature from the Black Lagoon, Billy Bremner's ode to the 1954
0: sci-fi classic. Well, that's a fun one, Greg, and I'm going to wrap it up with a track by... The Misfits. Yes. You know, I do believe that in 935 (laughs) episodes of Sound Opinions, and that's just on public radio, we have never uh, darkened uh, anybody's door with The Misfits. Uh, The fact that they were from Lodi, and I was from Jersey City, fellow Jersey boys, but I just never got it, you know? And part of it is any sort of rock and roll you have to dress up to play, (laughs) I was always against, whether it was glam rock or the mods or The Misfit World. Uh, and then there was Danzig. Yeah, enough said, Danzig. Nothing else <laughs> even has to be said, right? I mean, it's like Ted Nugent, Glenn Danzig—a mm. short list of people who you'd rather not think about in this musical form. Uh, but die, monster, die! You know, eleventh track on the famous monsters album mm-hmm. uh, you know the the entire misfits catalog as you alluded to is rife with science fiction and horror imagery what is this song about i don't know you know first <laughs> things first miss monroe rises from the dead what is Marilyn Monroe doing in here? Because <laughs> it's really about looking in the mirror and seeing an evil reflection. Yeah, so yeah. it's more the portrait of Dorian Gray. But, you know, parsing Misfits lyrics, what's the point? Mm. It's all about that chorus. It's about that massive chorus. Right. Die, monster, die. Die. Die, monster. <laughs> die. Die. It's okay, yeah, we get it, boys. Uh, and it's fun. It's, it's the Misfits at they're ramones if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I guess I could have played instead Pet Cemetery" by the Ramones, which is probably a better song. You know, in every way, shape, and form, the Ramones are always going to beat the Misfits. But, okay, now we've played the Misfits, we can go another thousand shows without ever doing it. Die, monster, die. Die, monster, die. Die, monster, die. First Die, monster, die. The Misfits, don't say we never gave you a little Misfits. Yeah, 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 we've
2: We checked that box off. Too. That
0: one's done, yes. Yeah. And that wraps up our favorite songs about monsters. But as always, we want to hear from you. Leave us a voice message on soundopinions.org. It was great hearing from listeners in this show. Uh, Share your thoughts, give us a pick, and we'll uh, share them the next time we talk monsters. Meanwhile, what is on the show next week, Greg?
2: Jim, I cannot wait. Uh, We're going to dive deep into the legacy of one of the great hip-hop artists of all time, and I am not exaggerating, Biz Marquis. Great documentary by Sasha Jenkins, and we're going to talk to Sasha about the legacy of biz. And do not forget to check out our bonus podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program belong solely to Sound Opinions and not necessarily to Columbia College Chicago or our sponsors. Thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Sound Opinions is produced by Andrew Gill, Alex Claiborne, and our associate producer, Sol Delgadillo our columbia college intern is max hatlam and our social media consultant is
6: Katie
2: cott